0: Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community.
1: We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different.
0: In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all.
1: Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com.
0: Today's episode is Not In My House Part 2. This is a continuation of Not In My House Part 1, where we talked about uh, essentially where the podcast came from, we introduced ourselves, we touched lightly on uh, our family backgrounds. Uh, we got a little bit into the N-word, uh, some other aspects of, you know, household rules and family life. And what we wanted to do today was actually expand that conversation to really understand the duality of language. We actually want to revisit uh, using the N-word um, and and kind of how, how we're raised or, or how outside influences determine our both internal and external dialogues uh, as well as you know the the culture of harsh language and love you know how is it that we speak to each other in our households or amongst our friends and it might seem harsh to someone outside but it's actually uh, love language in a way Mm -hmm. so let's kick it off the duality of language is what we want to talk about first so my Samir my first thought on that is when I think about the duality of language is just because a word is invented doesn't mean it's always going to be used in that way or context. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what happens is we take words and they have a dual meaning. Mm -hmm. Either it's positive, either it starts out positive and it can be used negatively or it starts out negatively and it can be used positively. Um, So what are your, when you think about duality of language, what do you think about,
1: I think about my family and how we were raised. Um, I raised, raised in a family. I, both sides of my family were like this, where um, you were always being made fun of, not but in a playful way mm-hmm. you were always, um, you know, the words that were used were always pretty bad words in uh, other families. <laughs> but for us, it was normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for example, there's the word pedar sag mm-hmm. or pedar which um, pedar sag is the equivalent of like SOB, mm. except instead of towards a female dog, it would be a male dog. So it's really oh, like it. you're ta- pedar his father, sag his dog. Ooh. So, um, you know, we just grew up in a house where we were always like, oh, pedar sag, pedage to the sag, or you know basically parents calling us every animal in the book <laughs> from dogs to monkeys to donkeys to goats to yeah. all different things but it was it was never taken in a way that was not out of love yeah. right it was you know i my mom called us Antac, little monkeys all the time mm-hmm. and um it's just interesting how It just became the way we express love. You know, the more sarcastic I became, and you know how sarcastic (laughs) I can be, Um, the more sarcastic I became. the The more my dad just like loved it. I mean, I did take it too far sometimes, (laughs) and I still can. Um, And it's even funny because my my youngest, I was like, "Gosh, you're so sarcastic!" And he's like, "Yeah." I wonder where I got that from. I'm dying. (laughs) I was laughing. (laughs) But it you know for us in our house it's funny like we think it's funny and we laugh but you know we always also knew that we couldn't necessarily be that way outside of the house with yeah. everybody right so they did a pretty good i mean i'm sure i offended adults growing up um but i think for the most part they did a pretty good job of teaching us boundaries for it as well but it's just interesting when we hear it because i say it to my kids and I you know especially Anta which is like little monkey mm-hmm. um, and it never occurred to me and this could be just my blindness to it that I was calling my little brown children monkey <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. it didn't occur to me that it was a bad thing because it was something that I was called growing up it was never a, it was never a um, a race thing it was never yeah. a derogatory thing it was always just fun and playful and lovingly until that ad came out from H&M, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was, what, like, The Coolest Monkey in yeah, the Jungle? Yeah, Coolest Monkey in the Jungle, something like that. On and the, then the, on when the I kid. saw that, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> Like, right, oh, right. snap. Um, I mean, I still do it to my kids just because, you know. It's how you grew up. It's, like it's how we grew up. Man. I mean, it. you know, and I, I was sharing with you earlier, um, when I... My youngest son was born in uh, Houston, Mm -hmm. and so we lived his early, and a part of my, you know, just about four or five years of their young lives, we were in Houston, um, or in the Houston area. And so my ex-husband's family was not like that at all. You know, they- Conservative. They're more conservative, I mean, they, did say my ex-husband I'll say the most I don't I can't speak I don't think the rest of them did that much but at home when my ex-husband would tell stories and stuff he dropped the n-word all the time and that's one way it became part of my internal dialogue was just constantly hearing him Mm -hmm. say it in different contexts um but they never like they didn't really make fun of each other or they weren't like Mm -hmm. mean to each other intentionally or anything like that but my family was right um so my kids did not grow up the first part of their lives in a household that was extremely sarcastic and mm-hmm. and you know constantly saying these types of words. Um uh, so when we moved back when I got divorced and I moved back to California we lived with my dad and it was a hard transition mm-hmm. for my boys because they really believed that that my dad didn't um that my dad didn't love them, and he they would ask me, like, why does grandpa hate us? And I was like, oh my god, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, because he always calls us pedash sag and and this. And I was like, <laughs> let me tell you, I was like, I'm not saying, and I told them the distinction, I said, I'm not saying this is right. Yeah, I was like, but the more grandpa messes with you, the more he loves you. He does not mess with people, he's
0: they yeah, yeah, like yeah. that much, right? And I think people understand that as they get older, right? Yeah. It's kind of the if I don't make fun of you, I don't like you. Right. And I'm, and I'm, even though my household was more conservative in that way, you know, um, uh, you know, a religious mom, um, a dad, a, a a god-fearing dad, and my dad just didn't have that personality of being mm-hmm. sarcastic and, as he called it, playing the dozens. Mm-hmm. He just didn't do that when he was younger. He was just, he just wasn't that type of person. So mm-hmm. that really wasn't him. I saw that more on my mother's side of the family. Meaning, I mean, he'd go over there and folks were, you know, jovial with each other in a different way, but. Um, To your point, there is some truth behind that, and I think that's definitely how I am now. Where if I don't, if I don't give you a hard time, mm-hmm. I probably don't care that much for you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which is you give it's me a weird. hard time, so you know <laughs> really <good> really care. <laughs> but it also goes to the thing, like uh, you know, you push my buttons all the time, and I push yours, and I think that's why uh, you know we have such good dialogue is because we're always pushing each other's limits and pushing each other's buttons. And, you know, sometimes in my head, colorful words come up, yep. you know, um, but it's never out of anger or, yeah. and I, and I, and I kind of wonder um, how uh, people who did, weren't raised in my type of household, mm-hmm. like what dialogue comes up in their head, like if they yeah. were, and it's never out of anger. It's just out of, um, but it can, I can see how someone who doesn't know.
0: Oh, they can completely take it the wrong way. completely And take it I, I want to go into that more, but I do want to ask one quick question to sure. intercede. When your father or your kid's grandfather began to speak in the way that he typically does, and your children. Not misinterpreted, They interpret. They took a literal definition of yeah, what he was absolutely. saying. Which, what was the dialogue between your children and your father? Did your father ever come in and say, "Hey, oh, by the way, I needed this"? Like, so did you pour yeah. his coattail on it and say, "You need to explain to them"? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. absolutely. Because so, so, that part was missing. I don't want people to think that your dad just didn't give a shit. Oh, yeah, his, no, his, his, his no, anything. no, no, no. My
1: dad, you know, he did not grow up in. A, I mean, he grew up in Iran, mm-hmm. which is not very diverse. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there are different skin tones, and we do have, um, you know, uh, black people in Iran that are Iranian, mm-hmm. um, but they live mostly in the south um, mm-hmm. by the Gulf. That's just where they're yeah. native to. So, um, so he wasn't really raised around different ethnicities, yeah. right? So he he's it, he has probably grown the most mm-hmm. out of me being. Me having been in an interracial marriage and having mixed children because, um, you know, like we were wanted to talk about like how society teaches you um, how you're supposed to feel about people. Sure. You know, all of his experiences, not all of them, I shouldn't say that. A lot of his experiences and the, most of the influences that he and most of us get is what we see in t- on TV cool. and what we hear on the radio and how people are portrayed and yeah. you know i think we're all aware of you know up until more recently all of the portrayals of most minorities especially African-Americans and Latinos and even, you know, Middle Easterns have been those of,
0: like, yeah, well, we always have, welcome
1: to the club, well, we always have, we were were always, like, hijackers, or, (laughs) right, exactly, exactly,
0: and then, and then after 9-11, it just exacerbated that Ah, situation by a thousand, and then, so we're, the the Latinos and the the blacks are just like, hey, welcome,
1: right,
0: (laughs) (laughs) come on down, exactly,
1: (laughs) join us, (laughs) Um, so for him there there were a lot of conversations that he and i have had around race and his prejudices and his yeah. views and his words and um and he has i am really proud of him to have been open enough to be willing to hear when he was wrong and I, this is probably like i don't i may have said this before but like the one thing that my dad has ever taught me that I, I it was the best advice he's ever given me and he really does this himself it's probably one of the few things he led by example <laughs> on. Um, was he would always say when you point one finger you have three pointing back at you right, right, right. so always yes. look at where you are so I love that he um he was open to hearing it, and I think because of his love for me and the and his love for my kids, he was open. And he now, I mean, he defends my kids, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, or even my ex husband sometimes. He'll so like defend them and just, you know, say things about you know the differences in our cultures and upbringings and yeah. whatever. It's just that awareness was huge. But um, yeah, he they did have to have conversations, and my dad and I did share with my dad, and and he was hurt. That he, you know, he he got hurt. He felt bad yeah, yeah. about how he made my kids feel. Yeah. And he did, you know, he did. I don't know if he apologized, but he acknowledged it. Yeah. Right? Holding um, man heart. <laughs> yeah. But my dad will apologize. But he, I think men in general, and I could be wrong. A little stiff. A little stiff. Yeah. And they're more likely to, like, own up to the action than actually just come out and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Right?
0: Yeah, I did that. I did that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but let's move on. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, he um, he did he did you know make sure to sh- tell him tell me show them that he loved them And his way was always like by again joking around or like cooking for us and making our favorite foods yeah, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So it's just um, I I mean part of me is like man it would have been nice I probably would have had less issues right because when you have brothers um, and cousins or whatnot that are always you know we're just raised in a house where we're always making fun of each other yeah. you know as a young kid you you don't know your boundaries Correct. so you kind of take things a little too far yeah. and i know for a fact that that definitely impacted like self-esteem and you know body image issues that i had growing up and still deal with but um i will say it's a lot more fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Def, definitely more exciting. And
1: definitely we, more exciting. And we
0: cover some of that in you know when we when we have when we had our, our podcast on I'm not what you see on TV part one and we're also gonna have a part two. So we cover um you know the stereotypes, the body image stuff, the perception. But I think a little bit of that a little bit of that falls into this because when we talk about the duality of language and love language, specifically if we revisit for for a few minutes. The N word and how it's used You mentioned before in the first episode We talked about how Your kids say the word And I was shocked because I'm like I couldn't dare say that word growing up And I was clear to state that the only reason it's shocking to me is because that's not how I was raised. You could go to another mm-hmm. black family where that, mm-hmm. that word flies all day long, right. right? But for me and my family, it didn't fly growing up. I started using it later on in life. But as far as my father and my mother were concerned, mm-hmm. we had house rules. There's just certain things you could not say. You can't right. curse. You can't use profanity. You can't use the N-word. And as I mentioned before, my father, when he said it, it wasn't good. Oh, okay. It wasn't even playfully good. Mm-hmm. It was all the way... It was all the way bad. It was all the way bad. But <clears throat> it's inter- interesting how you said your husband used the word, your kid used the word, and sometimes that can shape how we think about that word in our internal dialogue. Correct. So specifically, we have we as human beings have two dialogues, mm-hmm. an internal dialogue and an external dialogue. Right. What I want to say and what I did say, right. how I do think about someone and what I express to them when they ask me, what do I think? And to your point, I've, I've been in situations where in my head, I say something or call someone something mm-hmm. that I would not necessarily say out out in 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 general. I just wouldn't say to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In person. And <clears throat> there there have definitely been times when specifically related to the N-word. Right. I use it talking to my friends from a place of love.
1: Right.
0: I use it in an argument with someone and I mean it negatively. It's the same word. Right. Right? right. Exactly the same thing, used in two different places. Right. Now we as in, in on the Western hemisphere or specifically the United States, you'll hear a lot of people make that designation between the between the hard ER <laughs> right. and the soft A, right? The hard ER is like you know watch out for the rope <laughs> right and the, and, the, <laughs> and the and the and the soft a is kind of the is is our way of kind of i don't know right. some people might disagree but taking the word back and softening it and and we use it for however we choose to use it
1: right um, and that was kind of why I, I didn't stop my kids from using it i did however have a conversation with them because mm-hmm. like i said it it I've absorbed it into my dialogue because I've heard it so much. But your internal dialogue. Internal you, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, I've you're been. Not, yeah, yeah. And even though like it comes up for me in my head, it's never out of like an anger type yeah. way, like you know, like the like the ER. It's usually it, it still is playful like for example, I I say dumbass a lot yep. and it's probably from, cause I watched the 70s show, the 70s show a lot <laughs> and, um, and you know, Red says it all the time. Yeah. And so um, that, and my brothers and I say idiot like that yeah. all the time yeah. to the point where, where his young kids started <laughs> saying it to you. So again, it's not a good thing, but it's just the way we were raised. Right. So it, it, even though I'm saying it in a playful way, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I say idiot, yeah, that can be hurtful, but it's a little bit more playful. It's not as heavy as if yeah. I was to say, yeah. right? So that's why I never say it. But I did have a conversation with my kids about that and I was like, you know, I'd like for you guys to say it less, mm-hmm. especially around me because um, I don't want it, that a part of my... Yeah, and,
0: and it just shapes how you think about it. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest, like when it comes to if, if someone starts saying something around you that's not part of your immediate culture, mm-hmm. but you hear it enough, you start to say it. We don't even need to touch on rap music. right? Like <laughs> yeah. I can tell you for a fact, for all the people out there that are not black and they listen to a lot of hip-hop, where right. they say the N-word all the time, there are a multitude, masses of people that in their own car, when they're listening and they're singing out loud, they're saying those words. Right. you let's not even play like people just oh I'm gonna bleep that word out when I'm by myself like they say that word and they're using it the way that the, that the music has told them to use it if that makes sense yeah you're gonna use it the way yeah, the way agreed. your kids or your husband or people are people around using it right. when I first started using the word my friends used it and well when I first started using it my friends used it but when I first heard it it was only negative because my dad only said it in a negative way Got it. When I got the outside influences of it, it was, well, we say this in a positive way as a term of endearment, mm-hmm. and it means any sort of thing. Just like if you're from the Bay Area or from California, people say fool a lot. What's up, fool? Yeah. What's up, fool? Like I had uh, uh, Latino friends, that's all. Oh, what's up, fool? What's up, fool? And even though fool by itself is a bad word, right. it's been changed to a term of endearment. And I even know grown adults, we still do, oh, what's up, fool? What's up? Mm-hmm. And then when I'm around some of my Latino friends, we do that right and it's so funny that it's one of those things that you use it based on how it's used around you but if the culture was different to where that was only a very negative thing to say Mm -hmm. i probably would not say it in that context and so our internal dialogue is one whereby we will do the same thing internally so let's say fool was the same thing as the n-word right Mm -hmm. and you do something to me and I say in my head to you, I can't say it out loud because fool is a bad word, but in my head, I'm like this fool. Right. Or in my head, you do something great and I see it. I'm like, look at this fool. Right. Right. Right? Like, you you know, you have a great dance performance or something like that's my fool. You better do it. Right. But I can't say that outside of you, but because of how I've heard it used, it dictates how I use it even in my internal dialogue. (laughs) Right. Like it's a weird thing, but like that's what we do in our, in our own heads. Um, And separate from that, there's obviously, which we won't really go into this episode, but how we use negative language in our internal dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. How you use a a negative racial epithet to someone if you get cut off in traffic. Mm-hmm. If that person bumps you in 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 such and such an area, or you see someone do an asshole move, like, do you revert back to negative racial things you say about that person, or right. do you say, you know what I mean, whatever? And that's and that's a hard one because that's the one thing that people don't want to admit to, right? And I
1: think it's I think I think it's probably more like whichever racial group is heavier for you, that's the one you'll use, <laughs> right? Us, right? Right. <laughs> I know, right. I know because I know like. Middle Eastern people, you know, they'll be like, I bet they're Iranian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. And and,
0: and let's be honest, we we all do that because because it's shaped, you know, it's shaped by what your perceptions are of folks and your exposure. So when you mentioned before about your father, Mm -hmm. and we'll probably go more into this on when we talk about I'm not what you see on TV part two, but I just want to touch on something very important. When you mentioned your father and exposure, right? You said he, he grew up in Iran, and he didn't have a lot of exposure to black folks. Sure. Yeah. And I'm known to And he, like, outside of Iran. Right, right. Like, you right. go to Iran. Right, it's dark-skinned they're Iranians. They're all Iranians. Right, right, like, exactly. So they... And so here there's, <laughs> here there's a distinction that's made, right, in this country. So it's not we're all American, and we've talked about that, too, as Americans apple pie. Right. That, like, certain people are traditional American. I've told you what I think of a traditional American is basically Mr. Beaver, right, versus Mm -hmm. elsewhere. But the exposure is a huge thing because, for me, my parents were black. My family members were black. My neighbors were Latino and black. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the private schools I went to were predominantly black. I went to an all-black, I went to a historically black college and university. There were a ton of them on the East Coast. So a lot of the black folks that I know Mm -hmm. were successful and in college. And so when people were just like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't really see, well, you don't see it because it's not shown. And that's a different thing. If you go to a black college and 70, 80, 90% of the students are black and everybody's there getting an education and a degree, you're exposed to a bunch of intelligent college students, Right. Right. who grow up to get jobs and work in professional environments. You may not see that on TV because a different world is no longer on, (laughs) right? So you might not see as much of that. So people will will have this perspective of, well, my internal dialogue when I think about the Mm N-word is negative because that's all I see. Well, that's all you're shown, too, and that's very different. So you have to contend between music videos and seeing some, you know, black kid who's a thief or having to, having to on being portrayed in a movie or television or, you know, or you have to say like, Oh, I saw this incident of someone, you know, having, having, uh, uh, an altercation with a police officer. And he obviously was, was, you know, doing this or doing that or whatever. That was just my perception of it. Right. Because that's the piece of the tape that I could see. Mm-hmm. So I, I do just want to want to touch <laughs> on that. We'll talk about that more. Um, but that exposure is something huge and that impacts, that impacts our internal, language, our internal duality of language of when we use things nicely, when we use things aggressive and where we think those things should be inserted. Is my my reference a place of love and respect and of playfulness and fun and what have you, or is my reference only negative things that I've been exposed to? Therefore, in my head, when I see X, Y, Z person do a certain thing, I'm going to use this derogatory name for that person because that's how I've seen it used Mm -hmm. from my input sources, right? Versus Mm -hmm. someone who has more exposure, you know, more exposure to more people across that, um, across that spectrum who are of that ilk, right? Right. And they're like, oh, okay, well that's, it's not negative to me because I see people that transcend, you know, from, from literally from president down to, down to hobo, right?
1: Right, right. And it's just interesting um, because I think when I'm, now that I'm more aware of it and I'm, and I'm trying to create a space of, you know, where that kind of doesn't exist anymore. It's just interesting how much of that is ingrained in me, uh, unintentionally, intentionally, and just being aware of it and, and trying to come up with other words <laughs> instead of those words. Yeah,
0: yeah. I know, I mean, and you can you look anywhere. There's kids now that use it with people that are not black. And that's, oh, been going yeah, on. Yeah. that's been going on for years, yeah. right? I, there was an interview with a basketball <laughs> player. He was being interviewed by um, a bunch of the newscasters, and he used the word. They asked him a ridiculous question, and he said, "Y'all ends tripping," right? And it was a basketball player. Like, so there for yeah. us, you know, you'll see a, you'll see a black man walk into a group of people, and they're doing something crazy, and none of them are black, and we'll call them all that. You ends get out of here, get out of my way, or what? Or whatever, or say something, yeah. or or the classic training day film as we're talking about TV, right?
1: As we're talking
0: about perception, training Day, Denzel Washington says that to his white police counterpart, Uh right, in the car, that classic teen, and people say that all the time, right? They have a song and, you know, the whole thing. So um, it really is one of those things where from a culture perspective, there's a separate conversation about, should it be used and should it not be used, Mm -hmm. right? One group of folks said, we should reclaim it. Another group of folks said, we should take it off the table and let no one call us that. Um, And then you have the music industry that use it. You have individuals like myself that use it. You have individuals like other black folks that don't use it. And then you have everyone else who's non-black who's absorbed it either in an internal dialogue or even an external dialogue where they're in in league with folks who allow them to use it around them, even though they're Filipino. (laughs) <laughs> right or even though they're Chinese or whatever like right. oh my my black friends allow me to say it therefore I use it yeah. my Latino friends allow me you know my black friends allow me to say this so Latinos use it and Asians use it right. and whites use it and you know
1: right right and getting that permission but what they don't understand is that just because you got permission from one person means that the other person's okay with it correct so that's something to be aware of. but you know when we talk about you know culture and harsh language and love why, why do you think we, or I don't know if everyone does this, but like you were saying with your friends, why do you think we, we roast each other and use harsh language towards each other as an expression of love? Like, why do we feel the need to, like, why does my dad and our, my family, why can't, why do they have to be like mean to each other? <laughs> and, like, right. I mean, it's hilarious, <laughs> right? I love it. It's hilarious. It's funny. Yeah. But, um. But at the same time, there's no, there's not really a balance between that negative dialogue, even though it's out of love and, and joking, and, um, you know, just balancing it with some, like, praise and acknowledgement and whatnot. Not in front of each other. Like, yes. my dad will sing my uncle's praises to me and tell me what a great guy he is, yeah. but like, to his face, he's going to be like, <laughs> we found you on the street, like. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like,
0: you know that's a good question, and I think that's a hard answer because everybody, everyone's culture is so different. Mm-hmm. But there is, but we're not so different, right? Not only is a cliche, but that's a true thing because yeah. me and my friends do the same thing. I have a group of friends that um, are all black guys, and and absolutely stellar, intelligent any, you know, from the C-suite on down, assistant controllers, like, doing their thing, family men, everything. Mm-hmm. We give each other the hardest time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, out of a group of six, person will be like, hey, I got promoted. One person says, oh, congrats. Everybody else is just like, yeah, what'd you have to do to get that? <laughs> Are you Was that an affirmative action thing? Uh, like, we'll just, we'll just roast joke. you. Like, yeah, you didn't deserve that. Do they know your degree is fake? Like, we'll just... <laughs> We'll go, we will absolutely go in on each other. Okay. And I don't... There is something about giving each other a hard time
1: uh-huh.
0: that is is spicy and adds some flavor to situations. Yeah. And in a weird way, it also keeps people grounded, mm-hmm. right? It keeps me grounded amongst my friends, and it keeps my friends grounded amongst me. And it, it's part of that saying of never forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. I knew you... When you weren't shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I knew you when you were little. Like your parents say, I used to wipe your butt mm-hmm. growing up. Never think that you were too big for your britches. Never think that you were more than the moment that you grew up in. And I think, for me, some of it is a carryover of that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel good enough to be vulnerable to you, to let you say things about me, but mm-hmm. um, maybe areas that I failed in or succeeded in Mm -hmm. and the failures you give me a hard time. So that I know that I can persevere. Right. And with the things where, you know, where I'm growing and I'm developing and I'm do, do great things. I know other cultures, they don't understand that. Yeah. They don't get how to them. It's just purely demeaning and they don't get how that works. But for us, it's like, that's just what we do. Hardship is kind of built into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's carryover, right. Is, is, getting is getting on each other in a quote unquote negative way Mm -hmm. even though it's out of love is that a carryover of hardship is that a carryover of generations of dealing with a specific thing Mm -hmm. and that's where i'm gonna deflect the question back to you because my experience as an african american is going to be a little bit different and i can say the result of what our households do might be similar and i don't mean your household specifically growing up was slightly different from mine, but I engage in the same sort of behavior with my friends, sure. out of school, outside, and I do that now. Not so much with my son, because I know I, he's young, and I have, to, I have to institute, hey, you're great, you did this, well, you did this. you did this, you did this, you did this. But I don't know if it's, I don't know for us if it's, if for black folks, is that carryover from from hard lives, right? We deal with a lot of stuff, and we're not faced with people giving us positive upward comments all the time. Maybe in Probably. today's society, yeah. but 30, 40 years ago, that wasn't the case. And even before that was awful. Right, right, right. So years of that not being, of not getting that outside, mm-hmm. what do you do inside? And black households are different. There are some households where they sing nothing but praises and they're very conservative, yada, yada, yada. And there's households where it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. So, I, so for me, I don't know, I can just speak about it from my own perspective sure. in that for me, it's definitely a personality thing because my yeah. mom's side of the family was definitely more Definitely the 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 you know the folks that sat around and 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 talked a lot of smack, and mm-hmm. I kind of picked that up mm-hmm. from her side of the family, and then with my friends, that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, but my dad, mm-mm, really? he did not no doesn't play dozens doesn't doesn't joke around like that. So for you, what is it? I I don't.
1: Um, I honestly I don't know. Uh, I I could theory, theoretically say that you know Iran has always. Been a country of change and revolution and um, uncertainty, so it is possible that you know that's kind of where my parents picked it up was, you know, comedy and laughter. And even though they were harsh, was their way of coping with their hardship. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about that, but I don't know. That's you got me thinking. And for myself, I do find that it's with the hardships I faced, it is, it, it was a coping mechanism. I mm-hmm. think my sarcasm and, and whatnot had me rough around the edges. Um, and as I'm, you know, growing and healing and, 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 you know, cleansing myself of those things, I do see, I'm, I'm, I am less sarcastic. I am. Oh, are critical. you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just met
0: you, so I, so I haven't known you for that long. So maybe that, maybe that's true.
1: Yeah, believe it or not I like it. Yes, believe it or not I'm right. much less sarcastic and critical, and critical for sure. Out. But you know, it's interesting that you say that, um, because I recently saw this video of um where they were interviewing Latino men
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and talking about how Latino fathers don't say I love you.
0: Mm. They had these
1: four sons write letters to their fathers, just basically acknowledging that their way of showing love was through their hard work and taking care of the family. Right. And then, you know, they turned around and said it to their fathers. And, you know, it was just a really beautiful video. And I shared it on Facebook. And um, although I didn't solicit, um, you know, feedback to see who could relate some of my friends did say that was exactly their experience growing up. Yeah. Their dads didn't do that. It just wasn't acceptable. Um, so uh, I guess my question to you is: Did your dad? Um, did he tell you he loved you? Did he use those words specifically? And
0: this is a whole nother episode. Like just so like <laughs> so, we're gonna have this as another episode, and okay. we're and we're gonna call it something. <laughs> love, right? <laughs> the word. What does love mean? Love, yeah. like whatever the case may be. But to answer your question. I think that's a huge thing because that is a cross-cultural thing. So my father did say that he loved me, but he didn't say it nearly as much as I tell my son. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Right? And I think that's a cross-cultural thing where we're not so different because I think you'll find that everywhere Mm -hmm. that you see a standard definition or a a standard of... This is the role of the man. This is the role of the woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The woman is there to nurture and to love. The man is there to provide. That, I mean, and, and, when, and this is another episode, too. When you get into religion, mm-hmm. you can see that, too, because it's written in those doctrines, mm-hmm. right? What the role is of man and woman. Mm-hmm. And now we're more in a place where these things start to just gel and fold over together, and the man can do this. or Not mm-hmm. can, but... It's more acceptable, more socially acceptable, culturally acceptable for men to be more soft and be Mm -hmm. more in tune with their feelings and be more expressive. Whereas beforehand, that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. And you just expected a woman to do do that. So if a man did, it's a little bit weird. So my father did say it, and I knew that my father did love me. He showed that in action, though, the same way that yeah. you talked about with Latino males. Hey, I'm, I'm going out and providing. You got a roof over your head. You got food to eat. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love you. You know, yeah. Denzel had that when he did Fences, right? He talked about, that. I, I don't have to like you, right? <laughs> right? Like uh, I'm here to provide as a man, and that was a very true, a very real scene mm-hmm. in that movie for a lot of folks, and I think that resonated with a lot of people in that men quote unquote are not soft and saying you express love was seen as a soft thing not as much anymore right? but it was seen that way so I think that's a whole episode to talk about how we we should express our love for our children and those around us specifically as men
1: yeah I think that's a good point because as I'm thinking back with my dad I don't he says it a lot now and I know definitely after my parents were getting divorced, he did say it a lot more. I think he just kind of felt like yeah, even yeah, though that. there was conflict, that he did feel like he needed to say it and we needed to hear it more often. Um, but I, I really should ask my brothers.
0: Because it might be a difference in how much he said it to you being the daughter. Absolutely. Right? As, Absolutely. And they see that. Men see that. They're like, yeah. oh, that's my princess. That's my little queen. Yeah. That's my girl, my baby girl. I need to yeah. express more love with her because... She is a delicate flower. The boy is supposed to grow up and be like me, mm-hmm. rough and tumble, having your business.
1: I made yeah. that face to you as you said that because they did not raise me to be a <laughs> delicate flower. They raised me to be very much able to take care of myself and be very strong. and not. My dad always said, you should never need a man. You should want a
0: man. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, uh, like, yeah, I agree with that. Um, my dad said the same thing to me in the opposite instance. That's a whole
1: other story we're going to get into <laughs> about being able to take care of yourself
0: and not have to rely... On, 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 other, on other folks.
1: But I am kind of curious. I know, I, I'm more curious about my older brother because there's a eight year difference between my older and my youngest brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, you grow, you change. Um, so I'm just kind of curious. I should talk to my brother. Like, do you remember, like, how did dad show that right. he loved you? As huh. we were growing up, when we were it's younger, like, I'll tell
0: you I love you once a quarter, give you a hug once a month,
1: <laughs> right? Because it's Because inter- you know, I think sons are influenced by their fathers, and the only reason I think it was different is because I, the first time my brother said something nice to me that like I really, really remember was my uh, winter formal junior year, where he said I looked beautiful. Wow! I was seventeen years old. Oh no, was... it was my senior year. Seventeen years old. Wow. So that was like the first time I actually can remember him saying some, giving me a compliment. Yeah. yeah. So for him to have taken seventeen years to say something <laughs> nice to me, like yeah. I'm just kind of curious, what kind of, you know, yeah. you we're the same, had the same parents, but two very different upbringings. Right, right, right.
0: and that's the culture. And I, I will say this from a from a cultural perspective, I think it's good that we are making a cultural shift of. Being more expressive about how we feel and the impact that that has on those around us. Mm -hmm. Because even outside of just language, just someone physically being there, being able to hug someone, what happens. And I think they've they've done these sorts of studies, even with animals, right? Mm -hmm. Animal that's hugged all the time versus one that's neglected Mm -hmm. and how they turn out. Yeah. Right, because that I mean you're talking about someone's internal confidence and in how they mm-hmm. feel about themselves. Yeah. Is a re- is reflected oftentimes by their environment and the world around them. Yeah. So no matter what they do, if they're never given props, kudos, love, you know, nurture, mm-hmm. they will no matter what they do, they might feel less than
1: right.
0: someone who is smothered in affection. Right. And right. that's and that's that harsh language household where not necessarily harsh language, it's 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 The it's the love language that is harsh because it is love language Mm -hmm. but it's just harsh and how it comes out but how do you balance that right right? and the key is you smother with hugs and and congratulations and affection the same way you do with those sarcastic things because i personally don't want to get away from the
1: sarcasm i don't either and it's it's talking
0: (laughs) a it's fun b i also don't want a kid that gets talked about first day of school and cries (laughs)
1: Agree. <laughs> right. I don't life want. Can be yeah, life
0: can be. Life yeah. is going to be tough for you, and I have to teach my son. Life is going to be tough for you. You need to develop a thick skin. Yeah. But I also and want you to be able so to. Personal, and not right. take things so personal. But I also yeah. want you to be able to function in a way that says you've been supported, loved, and nurtured, and you're not, you know, you're not walking the world as as though you're a, a vagabond in the desert by yourself. Right. You know, someone loves and cares
1: about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that being said, that is the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining in. If you have any questions or feedbacks or feedback or comments, um, feel free to email us at wnsdifferent at gmail.com or uh, find us on social media at, with our handle at WNSdifferent.